The following sermon audio is from Love City Church, Cincinnati. More audio and information about Love City Church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org. My name's Adam Flanagan. Uh, As you know, we're going through Proverbs, and Vince is letting a couple of the other brothers in the church uh, preach for us, and this is my week. So I'm one of the leaders here at Love City, and I'm very happy, very happy, very happy that I get the occasion to go ahead and do this. Uh, Tonight, um, as we start, I wanted to talk about what the book of Proverbs is. See, Raymond Orton Jr. puts it like this. The book of Proverbs is a practical help from God for weak people like us stumbling through daily life. Later, he says, you do not need to run from life. You only need to run to God and he will prepare you for life. The goal of this message tonight is to help you stumble through life, stumble through this life as we are living daily and show and show you that running to God is the best way to handle it. That being said, we're going to do a couple things. Uh, I'm going to explain the main point of the verses we're getting ready to attack, break them down for us, summarize you, show you how to use them in an application stance, and finish with three main points. So just kind of a setup for where we're going tonight. But before we do that, I want to go ahead and do a quick prayer here. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I thank you for the Bible that you've given us, the message that you've given us, and the gospel that it brings us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so go ahead and start off. We're going to go to Proverbs 2. Tonight we're going to be going through um, 1 through 15. And if you are one of those people who likes to put a title down, I said, a way to run to God for wisdom is what I'm going with this one as because that's the feeling that I've had through the whole thing. Uh, To start off with here, a couple questions. I got a couple phrases that I want to throw out there, and I want to see if you guys remember where they are from. You don't need any shout out or anything like that. Just throwing them out there. Who remembers the phrase, do the do? Anyone? What about, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. You guys know that one? You got that one? You do? You do? What about this one? Clean up, clean up, everybody, everywhere. Clean up, clean up, everybody. Do your share. Yep. And then perhaps the personal favor by a lot of people in here. Luke, I am your father. Right? Yeah, got it, right? So these are common things that you've heard so much in your lives that when I ask you to remember them, more than likely you knew them, put yourself in a place with them and everything like that. Now, I know that since we're gathered for church as a family service, you can guess where I'm going with this. And no, I'm not going to say famous scriptures and see if you can tell me where they're from. So we're going to stop for that right there. All that being said, let's go ahead and start and read Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 15. Sorry about that. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listen closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from, the, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright, he is a shield for those who live with integrity so that, they, so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the ways of his faithful followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you. 
It will rescue you from the way of evil, from anyone who says perverse things, from those who abandon right paths to walk in the ways of darkness, from those who enjoy doing evil and celebrate perversion. Those paths are crooked and those ways are devious. Now, these verses tell us that there is a way to get wisdom. This is not an obligation from God to wisdom. God doesn't owe us wisdom, but rather this is a blueprint for how we receive it from God. In verse six, it says that for the Lord gives wisdom from the mouth comes knowledge and understanding. We are going to work through a couple things tonight, but this is the one thing you should 100% write down and think on this week. And that is we get wisdom through the mouth of God, which is the Bible. Now, I want to be clear. This leads to many great things, but you must first understand that the foundation of wisdom is the word of God. You are not based, sorry, <clears throat> if you are not based in this, it will not work for you. Now, there are other great ways to get wisdom in this world, but it needs to be rooted in the Bible. The Bible says that we can pray for it. It says that we can ask for it. It even says later in Proverbs, that you can get it from the ants. But the wisdom that is found in this book leads to all of it. You understand the strength of the ant and how they work together, the powerful. Take this and how you accomplish so much work when they work together. I mean, just so, so if they're by themselves and we take that wisdom, what we'll see is us coming together and have a Tower of Babel situation. That's no God. We come together, we're going to do a mighty work, and we're going to bring it all together. But God's saying, wait, these people coming together... This is the wisdom of God. He had to, okay. Now let's look at the part of that with godly wisdom and look at the secret church movement. You have a bunch of people who commit to continuous preaching for a certain time period in parts of the world where if they get caught, they'll either go to jail or get killed. And there are people using godly wisdom working together for his message. So this is the type of wisdom that we're looking at here. We're looking at worldly wisdom. We're looking at godly wisdom. The difference is when you receive the wisdom of the Bible, you use it for godly things. It helps you in your life, but it helps you with the big picture. So looking at verses one through four, we see that this set of scriptures is broken out as a logical argument. If we do, if we do what verses one through four say, then five to 11 will happen and the protection that comes from 12 and 15 will come. So let's look at one through four. It says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listen closely to wisdom, directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like a hidden treasure. It's talking about the words that you both accept and store in you. Back to the example of what I opened with most of the sayings you heard so many times. He's saying to us, accept this book and store it up in you like that catchy song, like that movie quote, like this. I mean, I can go for hours with you guys on movie quotes because I just know all of them. God's saying, wait a minute, accept and store this with you, right? So you can't, and, and the important thing is you can't do it by saying, you know what, New Year's resolution, I'm reading the Bible all the way through. Read it all the way through for two weeks, put it down, don't touch it again until next year when you make the same resolution. It's something you got to do continually throughout the process. At the same time, we should store what we 
We should guard what we store up because that could keep the real wisdom from coming through, the godly wisdom. I think the best analogy for this is, imagine you're at a rock concert, right? You're just sitting there, it's loud, well, indie concert, I don't know, hip-hop, I don't know what your, what your style is. Uh, mine would probably be like an indie rock concert, so I'm sitting there listening to this band, and I'm with somebody, and I turn next to them, and I'm like, they're not going to hear me, I'm whispering. It's too loud. The noise is too loud, the whisper's too soft. We've got a balance here that we need to work out. So how do you cut the noise so that the whisper can be heard or even get louder? The Bible says by accepting and storing this book with you, yeah. right? Okay, so at the same, um, ooh, I got jumped ahead way too far. Uh, if you call out for insight and look towards understanding, what could that mean? Well, to me, it means that it's not automatic that you reach out for wisdom when you need it, or rather that you reach out for godly wisdom when you need it. It's very easy to reach out to your friend for wisdom in a situation. Oh, let's have a, let's have a conversation. This is what's going on in my life. And you're talking to them and you're talking to them and they give you this advice. And then you go back and you're saying, God, thank you for helping me through this situation with that wise advice I just got. Is that godly wisdom? Or is that you going to an ungodly source, getting wisdom and prescribing that to God? Now, it's not to say that friends can't be godly and friends can't give good advice. But friends can also give the other side of advice. You know what? My marriage is hard. They don't care about me. You know, you, they should care about you. You're, you're a good person. You know what you should do? Go ahead. Find someone else on the side. Or you know what? Leave them so you don't, you're, you don't cheat on them. Leave them. And then find someone else for you. Is that godly advice? It might seem a little extreme, right? But is it really? Think about it this way. How often... Have you gotten advice that you thought was so good and the only way you realize it's bad is when you're dealing with the massive repercussions of what you did? Is that godly wisdom? I think I serve a God who's loving and great and good and wants me to not walk down the path that's going to lead to all these apologies, repercussions and things that I could clearly avoid if I would just do what he says and look to the book. Right? Okay, so it says, if we search for him, like silver or hidden treasure, we will find it. Now, like I said before, I like movies. I can quote back and forth. So we're going to use a movie example here. Who here has seen National Treasure? Right? Yeah? Let's think of what Nick Cage did in that movie. He's driving across the snow cap in a machine, goes down into an old ship, finds it, blows up around him, running away, comes back, getting shot at, is sitting there and says, you know what I think I need to do? Steal the Declaration of Independence. And then he steals the Declaration of Independence. And then he goes to all these different paths throughout the whole way to get this treasure that him and his family has been searching for. And to him, it's like, no, this is my goal. This is my focus. Hidden treasure you're searching for. You can also kind of look at the different side of this, which is what Andrew was kind of talked about last week. Greed. Silver. Right? How much do we search for the treasure of immediate gratification? Would you sacrifice being able to get the new iPhone? What would you sacrifice to get the new iPhone every time the day came out? You saving? You thinking about that day you're watching the press release? 
or better yet in my case, and this is the real thing, what will I personally sacrifice to get the right cup of coffee? All right? Now, you know you have a problem when the best coffee means I have my, my, my heater. It's going to read it to 206 degrees. I'm going to have my 40 grams of coffee. Multiply that times 17. That's going to be my weight of coffee that I put in there. Make sure I get the perfect bloom. Hopefully get another one. Let it go through all the way down. Meanwhile, I got two cups heating up because I need one cup to drink wide away. The other one's going to be my thermos that I can drink when this one's perfect temperature. What am I sacrificing? It's, it, my process isn't one that I can go, boom, walk away and get ready. Mine is, I'm here. It's like I'm, it's like I'm a chemist in a lab, you know, I'm just doing all this stuff. That's what I'm doing. Okay, so this is, this is my process. Say that takes me five minutes in the morning. I can't read my Bible. Okay, maybe I'm the only one that that affects. Think about it. What's that thing? What's your coffee? What's your need the next iPhone? What's that thing? What are you willing to sacrifice to get that thing? And whatever you're willing to sacrifice to get that thing, would you sacrifice just as much to get this thing? That's how we need to be thinking about this. In verses 5 through 8, it says this. It says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He's a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the ways of his faithful followers. All right, we're on our first then. If we do the if part, so everything we're talking about now, these are awesome things that happen if we do the first thing, which is store Accept, search, prize, what's in this book? So if we do that, now we get to our then statements. It says, we now reach, I'm sorry, when we are reading the word and searching for knowledge in it, we find, we understand the fear of the Lord and understand the knowledge of God. God is giving us wisdom. If we read the book, we just have to take it. Here's our first then. You have to take the wisdom, right? Imagine this. Every time you come to Love City, every time you walk in the doors, you, got, you come in, you meet your family, you meet your, the people you're with, you say hi, you worship, worship with God, great preaching, you leave, and on your way out the door, we say, oh, you know what? You came. Thanks for coming. Here's 10 bucks. Come in the next week. You come, fellowship, worship, boom, everything. Come in, leave in the door. Thanks for coming. Here's 10 bucks. Every time you come and worship with God's people, we say, here's 10 bucks. Something you love to do, something that gratifies you, something that helps you, something that is good for you, and you're getting rewarded by 10 bucks. Why would you not come? You're like, oh, wait, this is Chipotle. I can leave and go eat for free, feed the family. I don't know. That's what you're getting, okay? That's like saying you have this book with all of these good things in it, and you just don't do it, Right? Now, when you get this wisdom, it leads to other things. He gives you success and integrity. Those are two good terms, right? Who wants to be successful? And who wants to be that guy? Ooh, he is in, he's walking in integrity. I know I do. I think I do it. I strive for it at my job. I go the extra mile. I try to work the overtime when they want it. I, you know, putting in the trainings that I need to do. And then I want them to look back and say, you know what? We don't think Adam's going to add an extra 10 minutes to his time card. 
I want to be successful and have integrity in my job. If we look a little deeper, though, we see that this success and integrity comes from God when we learn to fear God and take the knowledge of this book. He's not talking about success at work only, but rather success in being things like a husband, a father, a child, a disciple, a worshiper, and a follower of him. That's what he's talking about success in. That's what he's talking about integrity in. When you take this book and you accept it and you store it close to your heart, all of a sudden that person you are on Monday morning, that person you are on Friday night with your friends, and that person you hear at Sunday, that's the same person. That's integrity, and that's success in your Christian walk. Now with this success and integrity, he does something even better. He guards our path and protects it. This is how he does it. You, you fear God, get his knowledge, you get success and integrity, and then on top of that, God uses the wisdom that he's giving you to protect you and to guard you. See, J.I. Packer says the following, he says, thus, the kind wisdom that God waits to give those who ask him is a wisdom that will bind us to him, a wisdom that will find expression in the spirit of faith and a life of faithfulness. This is a wisdom that binds us to the creator. That's the wisdom that we have. Looking here at the other, one of the other books, the other book that Solomon wrote, rather, he wrote a couple, but anyways, at Ecclesiastics 11.15, it says this. We see the following, it says, we see the following, here it is, sorry. Just as you don't know the path of the wind or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so also you don't know the work of God who makes everything. This isn't a wisdom that all of a sudden we get to sit next to God in the director's chair. We're pawns on the puzzle. We're working something out for God and his glory. This is the wisdom that we have. We aren't told what's coming. We see how it all fits together going forward. I think a good example of that is in Acts 7. So what happened before this moment here is that... Oh, don't lose my page, Sorry. Uh, what happened here before is that the 12 apostles were sitting around saying, we are doing too many things and not enough praying, worshiping, and preaching. And they prayed to God for help, put up some, elder, put up some seven, 12 guys in front of them, first deacons of the church. One of those guys was Stephen. Pretty much in the Bible, right after he gets appointed, Stephen gives one of the coolest and most complete sermons in the Bible, Acts 7. Now here's the end of Acts 7. When they heard these things, they were enraged, and they gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed to heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they yelled at the top of their voices, covering their ears, and they rushed together against him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And they witnessed, and the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down, cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he died. See, Stephen went up to a group of people, preached the word with success and integrity. And God guarded his path while he did it. 
Think about it nowadays, right? If I go out on the corner here and I start saying something that people aren't like, what are the likelihood there's going to be a Twitter war? I'm on someone's Snapchat, Facebook Live, YouTube, whatever it is, and protests are coming and people trying to sit me down the moment it came out. No. Stephen preached the entire message all the way through. They laid it in front of Saul, who becomes Paul. And then right there, he says, don't hold this sin against them, and dies. Does that sound like success, integrity, and a guarded path? When your focus and your fear of God and your knowledge of God and your wisdom of God is focused on God? It does to me. In verses 9 to 11, sorry about that, I gotta go back to this one. In verses 9 to 11, it says this. It says, then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you. See, the more you read this book, the more you understand God's righteousness, God's justice, and what godly integrity is. You have to read this book to understand that. Oh, uh, Orland Jr. says it this way. He says, you don't need five easy steps to this or seven surefire principles to that. You need a new heart, new character, and an awakening deep within. And God is saying, if you will seek me, wisdom will come to your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, as it says in Matthew 5, 6. That's the wisdom of the book. You'll be able to make wise choices and delight in the knowledge that it wasn't you alone who made the decision, but your foundation is on godly wisdom. On verses 12 to 15, it says this. It says, it it will rescue you from the ways of evil and from anyone who says perverse things. For those who abandon the right paths to walk in the ways of darkness, from those who enjoy doing evil and celebrate perversion, whose paths are crooked and whose ways are devious. How does this look in your life? Is this avoiding that person who always leads you to do dumb things? Yeah, that's definitely part of this, right? But something a little bit, different, little bit deeper as well. I believe that he's talking about the ones that we know are perverse as well as those we think aren't but really are. Have you ever had that feeling in a situation? The one that tells you that something is off and you should leave? If we're focused on God's word and keep it close to your heart, when someone comes in the room preaching something, saying something, doing something, it's going to lead people astray. Noble Bereans, we're going to go off in our head. And that's the wisdom of God coming through in our lives. Think about the individual who's had perfect wisdom. Jesus. Satan used scripture to tempt him. Sounds like a great approach to me. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're wrong. That path leads to destruction. This is the right path. We're not going to have the same level of wisdom that Jesus does. We're going to make wrong decisions. But if we understand the Bible and we read the Bible and we accept it and we store it and we protect it, we're going to have success. We're going to have integrity. We're going to have all these things to when this comes in, we're going to say, wait a minute. No, I don't know why, but that doesn't sound right. I might not be able to put it together in a logical theological argument and smoke it or whatever it is, but what you're doing, not my cup of tea. Get away from me. 
That's that perversion that you don't know about, that God's saying, my wisdom protects you from that. Right? So in summary here, let's do a quick review of what we talked about so far. Wisdom is from the Lord through his word. We need to search for it like a hidden treasure. When we find it, we will succeed with integrity and have our past guarded. So now that we've talked about it, like I said before, we're going to go to an application point. So if you're reading the Bible and you're understanding the Bible and you're getting the wisdom of the Bible and it's helping you be successful with integrity, you understand righteousness and justice and you're moving forward. How's this look? All right. Shocker here. Proverbs 2 is the gospel. God gives us his word, more precious than silver, better than any hidden treasure, so that we can imagine. When we accept it and store up, and store up his commands, we succeed in the Christian walk to a path that is protected by God who created everything for his glory. We can see that the wisdom in this... Oh, hold on, my pages went out of order here. Sorry about that. Oh, all right, we're going to go to 1 Timothy here, 2 Timothy here, 3.15. This is Paul writing to Timothy. He's one of the pastors. I'm going to read 10 through the end of verse 3. It says this. If you follow my preaching, conduct... If you, sorry, if you follow my teaching, conduct, purpose faith, patience, love, endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came at me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystria, what persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which were able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, all scriptures inspired by God. This is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness, so that man, so the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. Did y'all catch it there? And you know that from infancy, infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith, through faith in Jesus. Yes, it's not reading the book that makes you a Christian. It's reading the book that kind of helps activate it and make you a better Christian. The Holy Spirit comes in and quickens your spirit and you become a Christian. And this book is our manual for doing better. So how can the person know about Jesus if we're not telling them? How can the person experience a better life if we're not out there proclaiming what's in the book because we were just told the salvation is the means for the faith that leads to salvation. The book is the means that leads to salvation. You have to tell people. You gotta talk to people about it. How can you talk to people about it if you don't know it? See, this is an example of studying God's word, using his word, going forward, and how does it impact your life? So that being said, I told you at the end, I'd have three, three quick action steps going forward that I think we need to focus on and look at going forward. So the main point tonight was very simple. 100% focus on it this week and do it. 
Read the Bible. Get wisdom. That's it. Simple as that. If you do that, you get all the cool things that we talked about this week with success and integrity and your path being protected. So the other points. Read the Bible, swear closer to you than anything. Two, ask God for wisdom in your life to succeed in him. Ask God for wisdom, yes. You're thinking about buying a house. You're thinking about switching jobs. You might do stuff. Yes, ask God for wisdom in your normal life, but ask God every day for wisdom to do the things you need to do to preach the gospel, to spread the kingdom for his glory. That's the wisdom we need to ask God for on a daily basis, because if we don't ask, it doesn't come naturally to us. And the last thing is tell people, I tell people about Jesus so they can see the true wisdom of God. Because if you don't tell them, they're not going to know. Think about the people that you're walking by who might not know Jesus and might not get to heaven. Think about the people you work with, the family that you hold close. Think about them and realize that the way that they're going to get to heaven is when people tell them the gospel. Walk that gospel path with success and integrity in front of them and hopefully lead to their conversion. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for this word. I thank you that you've just given us this amazing book with all of these things that we can follow and they're not hard to follow. You've given us help to do these things. You've said, if we try to do them, you're going to help us do them. Thank you for meeting us. Thank you for, as we, as we were talking about before, that I don't have to run from life. I just have to run to you and I will make it through this life and you are going to help me. I thank you for that, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To give or find out more about Love City Church, visit www.mylovecitychurch.org.